Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Well, we're talking about our big fat mouth, in case you did not know. It's great until I see my little three-year-old saying that, my big fat mouth. And I'm like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. And then he's like, I want to dance, dad. Play the song again. And I'm like, okay, this, is, this is what they think is music in my house. Oh, well. Oh, well. But this is what we've been talking about. And we're actually wrapping it up this week. And then next week, we're starting a new series called Q&A. And that's really up to you to choose the topic or topics that we're going to talk about. So you can text in your questions to 379-9293. And since you probably didn't remember that phone number, you can go online to the website. It's right up there. Just text in whatever, your, whatever questions you have, and we'll do our best to answer them from the Bible. Um, that's really what this is going to be, is we're going to look at the Bible, what the Bible has to say about different situations. It could be, hey, uh, it could be relationship-wise. It could be marriage. You could say, hey, I have this question about end times. I might not be the guy for that one. I'll do my best. But here's what we will do is if I don't know the answer, I'll say, I don't know that one. But can we get back to you on that one? But the Bible has so much to say about our lives. And it really does just gives us a behind the curtain access of the answers to the test when we will take the time to really look at it. And we realize that although we pray and seek God and really try to have topics and, and when we go to, to minister, to preach, that we know are gonna make a difference in your life, that we're gonna miss some particular questions. So we wanna take a few weeks and be able to hit some smaller questions that we wouldn't normally do in an entire series and hopefully help you out through that. But this week, we're wrapping up my big fat mouth. And over this, over this uh, series, we really looked at the power of our words. It says this in Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue is the power of life and death and that those who love it will eat its fruit. We talked about the natural side of our words that they can hurt people, but there's also a spiritual side to our words that we need to remember. And I encourage you, if you missed these first three weeks, to go online, go to the website and download the podcast. Because here's what it is, is I believe that there's some things, and this is one of them, that if we'll make a small tweak in the way that we are talking and the things that we're saying, that we will look back weeks, months, and years later and see a huge shift that occurred because of these small tweaks that we've made in our lives. And I do believe that this is one of them. Matthew 12, 36 says this about our words. It says, but I tell you the truth, you'll have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word you have spoken. God cares so much because our words are so powerful. You were created in the image of God. And God created the heavens and the earth with his words. Does it stand to reason that we too, our words, would have amazing power? And the answer is, great question, by the way, yes, it does. And our words have an amazing, amazing power. So that's what we're going to do. And this week, we're really, we're going to wrap it up talking about the wonderful topic of gossip. Talking about gossip, and everybody just got a big smile on their face like, yeah, spill it. What's it going to be? No, no, no. We're not sharing gossip. We're talking about gossip, just, just, just so you know. Now, how many of you have ever been the victim of gossip? You say, yeah, gossip. Somebody talked about me, said something wasn't true. Somebody in the back just went, it was me. <laughs> I have. I'm, I most definitely have. Um, years ago, I got promoted, and... 
It wasn't even something I was really looking for, but I got promoted at a job, but the guy who I replaced got let go. And he took it upon himself to go tell as many people as he could that I badmouthed him, got him fired because I wanted his position. Which really, I didn't want his position at all, and they kind of twisted my arm into doing it. Like, I, did, I didn't want it. I loved what I was doing and was really good at it, and it was going really well. And they're like, well, it's time for you to do something you're not so good at and to get better. And you're like, oh, okay. I guess I'll do it. And he went and told a ton of people to the point that a year and a half later, my sister-in-law's at the hairdresser getting her hair done and the girl that's doing her hair starts talking about um, how somebody she knew and it was talking about me and how I got this guy fired because I wanted his position. And so she comes and she's like, what happened? And when did this happen? Did you just get a new position? Like, what's going on? And I'm like, no. And she just she kind of tells me about it. I'm like, that was a year and a half ago. And people are still talking about something that wasn't true. And I was like, I, I didn't do that. I really didn't. It wasn't my desire at all. And gossip, it can hurt. It really can. And the thing is, 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 is gossip isn't just something you see in like a trashy magazine at the grocery store anymore. Like celebrity gossip in general, uh, several years ago was referred to as a $3 billion industry. Yeah, BB with a B, billion. I was like, what? That's crazy. People wanting to know like who, did, who said who to what and broke up with whom and was where and what and went where with when and how. And like, I can't even keep track of it. Like, at all. But gossip has really become a big part of a lot of our lives. Forbes magazine was talking about gossip in the, works, in the workplace. And this is what they have to say about gossip. They're like, gossip in your organization, it is damaging. When you're sharing information about people we work with on the down low, it's incredibly divisive and damaging. I think it's funny because Forbes magazine is publishing articles about gossip, and like we found out that it's, it's, it's actually, it's damaging. And we're like, really? Look at the Bible. We already knew that. Like, you had to write that down. Like, you're geniuses. Way to go. And then they go on, and they're quoting another, um, another review here. This is from the Academy of Management Review, and they said this. They said, this is the, what happens as a result of gossip. They said, it erodes trust and morale. They're talking about in the workplace. Increases anxiety among employees as rumors circulate without clear information as to what is fact and not. Create divisiveness um, as people take sides. Hurt feelings and damage reputations. Causes irritation as good employees leave the company because they're frustrated by the unhealthy environment. And I think it's really funny because we know what the Bible has to say about gossip. But here's the thing. I believe that gossip is one of the number one tools that the devil uses to keep families weak. To keep them weak. Because here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that where there is unity, there the Lord commands his blessing. So if the devil can throw in something there that, that divides and there's not unity, we literally do his job for him when we allow gossip to be something that just comes in to our lives. I believe that the church will never, not this church, but the church as a whole will never be what God created it to be, will never reach its potential as long as gossip is a part. Because gossip rips 
apart and divides. And once again, where there's unity, there the Lord commands his blessing. I look at gossip and I think, you know, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. But as long as there's gossip, we're never going to have that happening. As iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. Are you going to go talk to somebody who's going to go, whatever you share with them, they're going to go run out and broadcast it. They're going to put it on Facebook. Or are they going to go run over here to their prayer group and say, oh, we really need to pray for Sally. Guess what's up with her? No, you're not going to talk to them. It's not going to happen. And we'll never have strong relationships if gossip is in there. And I believe with all my heart, we are truly better together. We most definitely are. Maybe you look at your relationships and you're like, I don't have anybody that I'd ever really go and, and talk to. I don't have strong relationships in my life. Gossip might be the reason you don't have those relationships that you're longing for so much. Now, the Bible says, confess your sins to God and be forgiven. But in James, it says, confess your sins one to another and be healed. We confess to God for forgiveness and one to another for healing. If we do not have strong relationships where we can trust the people that we're talking to, where we can trust the people in our small group, where we can trust them, we're not going to share our hurts. We're not going to share our sins. And we'll never experience that healing that comes because of gossip. This is why I believe gossip is such a, it's like a below-the-radar, sneaky little weapon that the devil is able to use. If he can get people doing this, did you hear what happened over there? It, and it's so easy to do. It's so easy to gossip. If I talk to you, it's really easy for me to listen because I can genuinely care about what you're telling me. It's a little bit harder for me to do the talking because then it might be divulging personal information. Now, unlike Becca, my wife, which you say hello, and she's like, by the way, did I tell you what my social security number is? Like, she just goes for it. There's no filter. There's no restraint. Like, somebody comes to the door and knocks, and they're like, I'm selling. And she goes, do you need my birthday? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, what is happening? Like, I'm a little different. I'm a little more reserved. Like, I will listen and care because I do. But when it comes to, like, personal information about me, I'm a little bit slower okay, especially compared to Becca. But it is so easy to talk about another person. It's so easy. Well, did you hear what happened over here? It's absolutely hilarious. It's so, so easy. And for some reason, it's easy to hear it. It really, really is. Gossip, it just, it just for some reason, like if I was to get up here and it, it's so, so easy to gossip, to be like, oh, well, did you hear what happened? Well, I hear Becca's pregnant again. They're pregnant again? I thought Samuel said they didn't want any more kids. Well, she said with or without them. I wonder what that means. And now that I hear that they're pregnant, what's going on? Bunch of you sat up straighter the minute I started saying that. You started like leaning in a little bit there because it's gossip. Because for some reason, we are almost drawn to it. But I do believe that when we become aware of it, we can recognize it. And once we do recognize it, we see it for what it is, and we can put a stop to it in our relationships, our families, our church, our places of business will be stronger as a result. They really will. And when it talks about gossip, this is what the Bible says about gossip in Romans chapter 1, verse 28. It says, furthermore, they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. 
So he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. Talking about people who rejected the knowledge of God. And he says, this is what they do. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, all these horrible things, deceit, malice. They're gossips. Gossips in there with that. Gossips in there with murder. And then he goes on to say that they are slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. When the Bible talks about gossip, that's what it thinks of. And as we talk about gossip, I think we can all have almost our own definition. So although there's not one universal definition, I really like this one. It says, idle talk or rumors, especially about the person or private affairs of others. And remember, as we're looking and we identify gossip, gossip is not a victimless crime. Proverbs 16.28 says this, a perverse man stirs up dissension and a gossip separates close friends. Years ago, I uh, had, a, had a buddy, really, really fun guy. We were getting to know each other and I went and I did, uh, he asked me to do, to lay some carpet for him. I said, sure, I'll come lay some carpet. It wasn't a lot. Um, in high school and uh, into college, that's what I did as a, a carpet installer. So I went over and uh, laid some carpet in their basement. And we finished, he's like, well, now how much do I owe you? And I'm like, you don't pay me? Like, don't charge my friends. I'm like, whatever, it's all done, you're, you're good. He's like, no, 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 I gotta pay you. I'm like, no, you don't. Like, it's, it's, it's good, I worked for six or eight hours. Like, I don't remember what it was. It, was, it wasn't long, I'm like, you're good. And he's like, no, 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 I have to pay you. And I'm like, I'm not charging you. Okay, now you're making this awkward, like just, Go, please, this is, this is weird. And finally he goes, well, um, can, can we exchange some work? You did this for me. Can I come over and do some stuff at your house for you? Uh, and I'm gonna leave out what he, what he even does. The chance of anybody knowing who this is is incredibly small, but I, I don't wanna be gossiping as I'm telling this story about how not to gossip. So we're just gonna leave that out, okay? So he ended up coming over to our house and I said, sure, you can, you can come do some, some work here. That's your area of, of uh, expertise and my wife would appreciate that being done. That would be great. So we came over and, and long story short, um, something with miscommunication, I don't know exactly what happened, but I ended up getting a bill and a rather large bill and it wasn't even all done and I ended up finishing some of it myself. And, and I was kind of like, well, that backfired totally. Like, that was weird. That was really, really weird. Um, but we remained friends for a short while after that. But then he just stopped returning my phone calls. Like, completely stopped. And I'm like, I don't know why. Like, would not return them. I tried calling them probably three years after that. And I thought... And here's the thing, the only thing I can think of is I shared the story with all the details to, I think, two people. And I think one of them I shouldn't have because it was gossip. And I think it got back to this guy. And I think, well, I blew that one. It was awkward, don't get me wrong. Like, it was, it did, it turned out really weird what happened there. But I talked to somebody who wasn't part of the problem or the solution and I think it got back to them. And the sad thing was, is I didn't even see him at church anymore. Because we went to the same church for a really long time. And I thought, did I turn him off to the church and to God in general because of something 
that I said. Now, that may not be, but when I look back in hindsight, I think, I think that's what happened. And that just put a really bad taste in my mouth for gossip. I was like, I'm going to make sure I am not doing that. Not only that, but also in the role that I have, in the role as a pastor, often people come to you with very personal issues. And they want, they want guidance through them and in them. They want to know what the Bible has to say. They don't want my opinion, but they want to know what the Bible has to say. So people will share. And sometimes it's really weird. It's like, it's, it's Costco aisle. And they're like, hey, by the way, and you're like, oh my goodness. Like really you shouldn't, wow, wow. But still at the same time, I know I cannot be, I cannot be somebody who gossips. And I want to ask you the question, what do you want to be known for? Do you want to be known for somebody who passes on secrets and, and kind of who, who shares this about this person and, oh, it's, it's juicy? Or do you want to be known for somebody who people can go to with, with issues and that you, you, you'll respect their privacy and you'll also try to help them to move beyond the issue that they're having? Gossip is more than words. Proverbs 18 verse 8 says this. It says, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the man's most inmost parts. It causes conflict. Proverbs 26, 20, without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, quarrels die down. Um, it can be so easy, so easy to gossip. But I think if we can recognize it and get rid of it, we will see so many areas of our life begin to get healthy again. I don't think it's gonna happen overnight, but if we just say, I'm gonna stop doing this, and even allowing people to gossip to us. Because remember this, what you permit, you promote. Just look at kids, maybe not even your, your own, because it's usually harder to see in our own, but it's easy to look at somebody else and other family members and be like, I see what they're permitting in their house and with their kids, and that's why their kids act that way. You ever see somebody like, oh my goodness. And you're like, oh, well, they, they, they permit it. And just because they allow it, their kids are like, it's okay. And they begin to do it. What you permit, you promote. So I encourage you, don't even allow people to gossip to you. Maybe like, well, I am stuck in a cubicle at work or this is my desk and they just come and they dump. And I like the way you said that, even though it was me, I'm putting words in your own mouth there, but they really are. They're dumping. If that's what they're doing is coming by and gossiping, they really are dumping their trash on you. I encourage you, don't let them do it. Don't let them do it. So we're going to take the last few minutes here, and we're going to talk about some ways to stop gossip from coming out of our mouths and from people putting it on us. So if you're taking notes, here's a great place to start. We're talking about how to stop gossip. Number one is don't, just don't bring it up. And don't be afraid of the silence. It's awkward, isn't it? It's so awkward. A couple of you, your looks are like, just say something or I'm gonna, like, talk. Don't be afraid of silence. If you can't think of something to say, it is so easy to say, well, did you hear what happened to so-and-so? Or did you hear what happened over here? Guess what? Don't be afraid of the silence. I think that Bambi and little Thumper, Thumper's mom had it right. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Like, don't be afraid of the silence. If, 
if this is something we like, it's my go-to. Like if it's just awkward and we're sitting there and it's just dead quiet, I, I, I can always fill the gap with don't, don't be afraid of the silence. Silence is okay. It will be okay. It most definitely, definitely will. Number two is pray. The Bible says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And I know you can look at me like, well, it would be incredibly hard. Yeah, God calls us to a life that, guess what, we cannot do without leaning on him. We'll never be able to do it. But I know that if we can get rid of this, our relationships will be so, so much stronger. Philippians 4 verse 3 says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So number one is we just, we stop. We just stop. Remind yourself. What Susie says about Sally says more about Susie than it does Sally. Do you get what I'm saying there? Did you follow? I'll say it again. What Samuel says about Becca says more about Samuel than it does Becca. When we are the ones that are just, oh, well, let me just tell you, it wasn't me. And here's the thing. It might be true. Oh, well, it's true. Oh, you've got a true story. Like all of a sudden saying true just makes it okay to say. It really doesn't. I I agree, let everything that you say be true, but everything that's true does not need to be said. There are certain things that you just like, you know, that's just where it goes. It it, it doesn't need to be said. Because here's the thing, once we say words, you can't take them back. You cannot take them back. I was was texting Steve the other day and I I asked him uh, a question. Well, I thought I asked him a very simple question. I said, do you recommend, and this is what I said into my phone, I said, do you recommend any goose calls? And I just hit the send button. And I went, ah! Because I didn't ask, do you recommend any goose calls? It said, do you recommend any girl calls? <laughs> and I'm like, da, 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 da. I'm like, I did not. And I'm sitting at the table and I show Jason, I show Jamie, I show Becca, and they're all just laughing. They're like, how'd you hit send? I'm like, I thought it was right. And then we look at the time, it's like 1130 at night and Becca's like, why are you texting this late anyways? And you're asking them about girl calls? I'm like, no, 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 that wasn't what it was. And I quickly, quickly, I think quick enough, got back. I'm like, goose, goose, I meant goose calls. Siri or whatever, the autocorrect on iPhones is horrible. And I bet Siri's listening right now because she listens to everything, so fix it. Oh my goodness. That was a text and it wasn't a big deal, but our words, they don't come back. They really, they don't come back. And we can, we can do things to relationships. We can tear apart a relationship in a few minutes that took years to build the amount of trust that's there by simply the words that we say. We can do almost irreparable damage to a relationship. So remember, what I say about somebody else says more about me than it does that other person. Ask yourself the question, is this person I'm sharing this with, are they part of the solution or are they part of the problem? And if they're not, why am I telling them this? Why am I even saying this? It's a great question to ask people that dump on you. People just come to you, maybe they come by your desk or they come over to your house or you're at your, your, your friends get together and your kids are all be a little play date thing and that's all of a sudden somebody just starts throwing this out at you. You can just ask, say, hold on just a second. Why are you telling me this? Oh, because it's, it's interesting. I, I want you to know the bad thing that this person did. Like, is this gonna help me? 
Are you helping them by telling me? And if you're not a part of the, the solution or the problem, maybe it doesn't need to be said. Years ago, I had uh, somebody came to me. Actually, they were at my house. And they're like, so-and-so is talking about you. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, people will always talk about me. People talk about you. You cut them off in traffic, they talk about you. Everybody talks, okay, whatever. And he's like, no, no, no. And like, here's what they're saying. They're saying this, and they're saying this, and they're saying this, and they're saying this. And he just stops. And I go, oh, okay, hold on. And I got out my phone, flipped it open, because it was flip-flown days. And I'm like, and I happened to know who it was. And so I called her. And I said, hey, I'm just here with, and I'm going to leave out his name, and he's saying you're talking about me, and I really think he should have a conversation with you. And I gave him the phone. We all worked together, so it needed to come to a bit of a head. It couldn't be just like, hey, wait a second, you should go talk to them. We worked together. It's like, no, we're not going to have that while we work together. So I handed him the phone. He never came back to me like that again. Never did he do that again. And that person dealt with it, dealt with them, and I wasn't even a part of it after that. I don't know what happened, but I know he never came back to me. Um, it is something that is such a big deal. We do need to nip it in the butt, so to speak. Just like shut it down. That's a weird saying now that I said it. I have no idea what that saying is or where it came from, but that's just weird. Beck's like, yeah, yeah, it's really weird. Don't, don't do that. But we need to shut it down. Just cut it off while it's small. Don't let it be there. So that's what we're talking about. Number one is don't be afraid of silence. It's okay not to say it. Don't use it as a filler. Two is pray. Ask God for help. But if you're one of those people where this is something that has a deep root in your life, maybe it's because of what you ingest or because of what you're saying to other people, the Bible talks about the cords of sin that so easily entangle us. And for certain people, different sins, like there's certain, I've never seriously thought about robbing a bank. Like it just, it just, it just does not, like no, I don't have any, I, any desire to rob a bank. I'm like, no. Like, I mean, I've never seriously thought about it. You're like, wow, they've got lots of cameras. It'd be hard to rob. But I'm never like, no, how would I rob this? What angle is that camera on? Like, no, that's not something that's really there for me. Um, lying as a small kid, yeah. But I learned my lesson and I'm like, no, I do not. I want to be known as somebody who speaks the truth. There are certain things that they just don't. But the Bible does talk about, it says the cords of sin that so easily entangle us. And some of us, we get tangled by different sins. And it is hard to get away from. Where you just find yourself, Paul talks about it this way. He says, the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. And the things that I do want to do, I don't do. What is wrong with me, he says. And if gossip is one of those things for you, that you're like, yeah, yeah, just stop, be okay with silence, that's great, but I just find myself going back to it, both ingesting it and speaking it. And it is that's going to be what you're asking is this huge, huge thing. I don't know how I can do that. I will pray. But there's also, there's a secret weapon that God has given us as believers to break out of the chains of sin, to break out of it. And the Bible talks about it here in Isaiah, Isaiah 58, 6. This is our secret weapon. It says, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loosen the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set free the to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. As believers, fasting is the tool that God has given us to break out of 
bondage like of sin, to break the cords off of a sin that has been on you, no matter what it is. Maybe it's a type of thought pattern that you have that you're like, I cannot get out of, no matter what it is. This is the spiritual secret weapon that we as believers have. And I'm not gonna take a huge time, a lot of time to go into fasting, but there is a place in your spiritual life that you will never, ever get without fasting. This is the only way that you will do it. And a demonstration of that, an illustration is this. In Matthew 17, verse 16, a man had brought a demon-possessed boy to the disciples, and the disciples couldn't cast the demon out. Now, they had been, and they're like, this is weird. So verse 16, the father says to Jesus, I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Go through the account in Matthew 17 yourself. We're going to go right down to Matthew 17, 21. Jesus cast the demon out and the demon left. And the disciples came to Jesus and they're like, hey, what happened? Why couldn't we cast this demon out? Why couldn't we do this? Why couldn't we stop? You could be asking, why can't I stop doing this? I tried and it didn't work. And this is Jesus' answer to them in verse 20. He said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here and it will be moved and nothing will be impossible for you. Verse 21, however, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. The disciples were not able to do something spiritually. They were not able to take command over that spirit because Jesus says, this one does not come out except by prayer and fasting. There is a place in your life spiritually that you will, you will plateau. You will never go beyond. There's a freedom that you will never experience until you have prayed and fasted. So the short version of a fast is this. The biblical fast, a, there's different. There's not one. This is the exact way that you have to do it. There's the Daniel fast. You've never heard, maybe heard of that. The way that he fasted. Jesus was led into the wilderness and he fasted for 40 days. But a typical fast would be this. It'd be a 24-hour period. Um, in, in the Bible, it would be from an evening to the next evening, 24 hours where you do not eat food. And instead, not eating food is a bad diet. So that's not, it's not just like, hey, no, I just don't eat for a day. No, what it is, is instead during that time where you would, you deny your body and instead you build up your spirit. So you spend time in God's word, you spend time praying and you spend time, and I recommend this, Because of biblical principles, you won't find this in a particular guide for a scripture that says it, but listen to worship music. Worship is extremely, extremely powerful. I don't know if you know this, but music in itself is powerful. It's more than just lyrics. The Bible talks about in Samuel, it talks about David playing the harp for King Saul and an evil spirit that was tormenting David had to leave when David would play the harp. So when we want to hear from God, when we want to create an atmosphere to hear from God, when I fast, I listen to worship music. I really, really do. And then in Kings, Elijah was called before Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat said, prophesy for us. Elijah was a prophet. He gave the word of God to people. Jesus hadn't come. He hadn't died on the cross. Now we have a high priest, Jesus, who makes intercession for us. So we have direct access. At the time, they didn't. So they called the prophet Elijah, and Elijah comes. And the Jehoshaphat, the king, says, should we go attack? We've got all of our armies together. We're about to go attack. 
Seek God for us. What is the word of the Lord in this situation? And Elijah says, send for a musician to play. And while the musician plays, the word of the Lord came to him. And then he prophesied, this is what the word of the Lord says. So when it comes to fasting, that's why I recommend listen to worship music. Listen to some worship music. Set yourself into an atmosphere where evil spirits are not welcome and where you and where God's word, where you are tuning yourself in to hear from God. If there's something in your life, now specifically this morning we're talking about getting rid of gossip, but if there's something else in your life, it's the same tool that we use to break out and to get free from any type of bondage that you might have in your life. And then number four is this, when it talks about not gossiping, is don't let people dump on you. We already kind of touched on this. But Proverbs 20, verse 19 says this, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid a man who talks too much. Avoid someone who talks too much. Proverbs 17, verse four says it this way, wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip and liars place pay close attention to slander. They pay close attention to slander. Slander <laughs> or slamber. Neither one, I think. Here's what I believe. I believe with all of my heart that if we can identify gossip, if we can put it down, if we can get rid of it and remove it from our lives, our relationships will be stronger, our marriages will be stronger, our families will be stronger, our church will be stronger, and as a result, the church as a whole will grow and will be stronger and be able to move into all that God has for it. I believe that the things that God has put on your life, the desires, the plan that he has for you, it's too big for you to do alone. And that means we're gonna need, you are going to need to come together with other family members, with other people at church, with other people, neighbors, with other people at your job to do all that God has for you. So let's get rid of, recognize the secret weapon that the devil has and move into all that God has for you. Stop being the one that just shares everything that people say so that people can come to you and all that wisdom that you have, no one's gonna be willing to even tap into it if they know that anytime they tell you something, you tell everybody else. Instead, be the person that they can trust and they can come to and say, this is what I'm going through, can you help me? And that wisdom that you have, you can now share. Now, these are things that take time to rebuild, but I do believe that you... It will make you so much stronger. Our desire is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. And this might seem like a small thing, and it definitely seems way out of fit with our culture that this is a huge part of every single day for the world around us. But it's, we are called out of our culture into something so much better. And I do believe with all my heart that when we do this, as a group, and you as an individual, it is gonna make and pay back huge dividends down the road as you look back on relationships and the influence, that your influence in the lives of the people around you. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.